Welcome back, everyone, to Expedition U. Jason Franklin here with James Toller. James, how you doing? Another day in paradise. Excellent. So we like to discuss everything investment, investing in yourself, investing in tangible and non-tangible uh, items and things that move us forward uh, throughout this amazing journey. And uh, we have actually, speaking of amazing, have an amazing young man here with us today, uh, Colton Trout, spelled like the fish. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, Colton, why don't you take a second and kind of just talk to us about, uh, you know, how, how we all met and uh, what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, like you said, my name is Colton Trout. I'm an entrepreneurial change management business coach. Um, oh, okay, hold on, hold on. Say that slower and so. <laughs> more phonetic. An entrepreneurial change management, management business coach. Okay. Yeah. So essentially, like what I get to do with entrepreneurs is help them implement new changes within their business, organization, mindset, structure, process, social media, what really whatever aspect they need mm -hmm. in order to move their business forward on a faster timetable. Um, so I met James actually through doing business coaching. Um, I coach uh, Caleb Monroe, mm -hmm. um, who I think y'all all know. Yeah. And so he introduced me to James, and then here we are, what like a couple months later, um, creating a pretty. Pretty good relationship, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. So um, now from our conversations, I know that you've got a couple other businesses yes. as well. What are those? So I own a bar down in the Kima Boardwalk area called Paradise Tropical Wines. And then I own an alcohol-infused cake business called Rum Cake Escape um, that does like rum cakes, whiskey cakes, tequila cakes, vodka cakes. Um, and it's here locally, and then we ship nationwide. They had some of so, those last night. Yeah. I, don't I almost brought a couple, but like I didn't know how many people <laughs> were going to come out. Absolutely, yeah. no. So... Um, what particular businesses do you focus on a particular category of business? Is it all businesses or are the, the ideas that you teach universal? Yeah. Um, so I have been specifically business coaching for four years now. I've always been coaching for probably the past like eight years. Um, but I've worked with probably every single industry, every single kind of style of business, network marketing, physical product, uh, in based businesses um, and really in the probably last year and a half it's been more focused on real estate agents um, and, and people within that industry so investors and things like that you know I, th I think um, you know one of the things we really like to focus on here at Expedition U is the journey yeah right you know and in the fact and understanding that in business it's not a, a flash in the pan it's not something that happens overnight yeah. um, it's something that it's it's long um, at times arduous yeah you know, challenging, you know, but the challenge is where you grow. Um, but I also realized that most truly, truly entrepreneurial people mm -hmm. are like a cat in a bag. Mm -hmm. They're like all over the place. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't have, they have a vision of where they're headed, yeah. but they have the GPS is turned off. They don't have a map. Uh, they've got one from like Exxon from 1952. The roads are not updated. You know, they have no idea how they're going to yeah. get there. You know, yeah. they've got the drive yeah. and they've got the skill set. Yeah. So it sounds like what you do is you kind of come in, take the cat out of the bag, yes. put it on a leash. Yeah. You know, put it on a treadmill and say, go this way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Here's your next step. Here's the next one. Take the next one. Yeah. So what what challenges do you have in that? I mean, as far as getting people out of mindset, because mindset is not, mm -hmm. it's not an easy thing to change. Yeah. No, it's definitely not. Um, 
the biggest struggle that I think most people have is just kind of, it almost goes back down to like the shiny object syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying a cat in the bag, like it has all this energy, it has all this potential, but it's no idea where to go because it is flooded with so much information, so much potential in so many different areas that getting that clear focus is sometimes the hardest part. So like every time I meet with a client, the first thing that we do, and honestly we spend almost a month to a couple weeks at minimum on is something that I call vision casting. And it's not the typical like, oh, let me write down my goals like it is a scientific um, process that I take people through to incorporate both the left and right side of their brain Mm -hmm. in order to get in alignment with what they genuinely want to create in this world Um, and then allow them to actually step into that process on a daily basis to get rid of that shiny object syndrome so to get them focused again and again and again and again on where they want to be the main reason like you were saying is most entrepreneurs take forever to really create a massive amount of success it's the 10-year overnight success is because for eight years they're that cat in the bag Mm -hmm. they're chasing shiny objects or they're trying to do everything Mm -hmm. and those last two years they get really crystal clear on what specifically they want to create and how they're going to create it. And then they just get consistent on their daily action. And in those two years, they do more activity than they would have or that they have in the past eight years, which is why they become that 10-year overnight success. So So, you're a coach. I come from a a teaching background. I was a martial arts instructor for 14 years. Cool. I mean, not to fight you. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know... I understand the importance mm-hmm. at every level yeah. of having a mentor. Yeah. You know, and not just a mentor. You know, mentor is really that's a a mentor is somebody that's not only going to coach you but that you look up to, right? Yeah. You don't have to look up to a coach. Correct. A coach is going to say stop doing that that was dumb. Yeah. You know, do this. Yeah. You know, whereas a mentor is going to breathe deeper into you, right? So, I mean, how do you feel, or, or James, let me throw this at you. How important do you think that is to have that, that third party out there? Are you saying you respect a mentor versus maybe a yeah. coach you don't as much? Well, I think we need to define the three relationships that people have. The sure. consultant, the coach, and the mentor relationship first. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if y'all want to... Well, I would say a consultant is somebody you write a check to that tells you, do this. Yeah. Where a coach is somebody that's... They're they're in the car with you, right? They're not standing outside the car. Yeah. You're both going on the journey together. Yeah. And then, But a mentor is somebody that's driving the car for you mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Somebody that you can look up to that's yeah. been, been where you are, yeah. has succeeded at a higher level than you have, yeah. things of that nature. I, for mm-hmm. me, a consultant would be somebody that's coming in to fix a specific problem. Okay. A coach is somebody that is helping you figure out how to solve the problem yourself. And then the mentor has already solved the problem and does a mix sometimes between coaching and consulting. But it's somebody that you typically don't pay. It's somebody, like you said, you look up to mm-hmm. that they're like, hey, they've created the success that I want and I just want to be around them. And because I'm around I probably them. probably don't need your money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably. So, yeah. So it, it's less of a business transaction. It's less of a structure and more of a relationship that you I've have with somebody. I've never charged anybody. Yeah. Do it. So in that regard, I would say that's be probably where I've been at. Yeah. Now. Well, and I think. The the coach and the consultant is initiated by the person that needs assistance. Correct. Whereas a mentorship is 
I think, probably 50-50 initiated by both parties. Mm -hmm. Because somebody cannot be a mentor that does not want to be involved with you. Correct. Whereas as a consultant, they're like, you got money? Yeah, I'll, I'll help. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean. I don't know. I've turned down some people. <laughs> I'll trust I'm like, me. I won't work with you. <laughs> no, I've, I've been there too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but again, in that same vein, you know, we talked about this when I was in martial arts all the time. Never ask a first degree if you can ask a third degree. Yeah. Right? You know, and so in this world of consulting and mentorship and yeah. things and business coaching, you know, do, and I, this is just, this is probably not a polite question, but I'm going to ask. You told me you're 24. Yeah. Do you get pushback from anyone about being as young as you are yeah. and coaching and mentoring? It's funny. No. Good. I have, so it's, it's really kind of funny. So my father was a consultant. He was a consulting CFO. So he went into businesses and helped them understand their finances in order to, to grow their business. When I was getting into business coaching, um, he was like, you're never going to succeed. You don't have gray hair. You don't have a degree. <laughs> you don't have the, the 30, 40 years of experience. You're never going to be able to do this. Um, and here I am four years later running a multiple six-figure business, own two other businesses. And sure. it's like, and so when I meet with clients, their concern isn't, oh, well, what certificates do you have or what degrees do you have? They're sure. like, can you solve my problem? Please solve my problem. Um, and when I'm able to do that, then it, just, it becomes a no-brainer. Like I've never had an issue um, with well, somebody I, being too concerned with my age. Well, I think one of the things that we're, we're really seeing and. Everybody knows that business, life, technology, everything is moving so fast right oh, yeah. now. And in a lot of fashion, so I was having this discussion with somebody uh, yesterday. In real estate, used to, in real estate, you had to absolutely know your market, mm -hmm. right? Because you had to know every back street, every alley. You know, you didn't have Google Maps. You didn't have GPS. You had a key map, yeah. you know, and, but, you, you know. also show in the houses. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you were... The there was the no lines. internet. Yeah. It yeah. was all on a big freaking book. Yeah. You know, and which is some of the pushback that they've had in the real estate industry mm -hmm. is because they say, hey, you know, the pay structure hasn't changed, mm -hmm. but the demand of knowledge has changed. You know, I can... And again, you have to make sure that you're cognitively, you know, smart <laughs> on your area because yeah. there's legalities to it. Yeah. You know, but I can know everything about your neighborhood in 15 minutes and anywhere in the continental U.S. Yeah. You know, through study and, and that stuff. So it doesn't surprise me. I think it was a necessary question, but it doesn't surprise me that you don't get as much pushback yeah. because you have access to a wealth of information that you can consume if you're willing to. Yeah. At a much faster pace today than you could previously. Oh, yeah. Also, is a lot of your clients millennials? My clients usually range between 18 to 40. I think maybe older people have that bias. A lot of that comes from a position of jealousy, though, too. Right. I mean, if you're 50 yeah. years old and you're thinking this 24-year-old's yeah. coaching me, what's, what can he bring to the table? Yeah. That's kind of the thought there. If you're 20 mm -hmm. or 25, I think it's probably less of an issue. Just from... Yeah. Yes and no. Yes, in the sense of like, I agree with that. Um, I am a little bit more hesitant to work with older generations, anybody that's 50 plus, because they're looking at not necessarily scaling up their business, but scaling down their business or selling their business. It's just a different aspect than what I really focus on. I've got a fantastic knack of getting into a business and it's scaling and 3Xing and 10Xing within a year, um, whereas most people... 
that are at that age range when it comes to business are looking to not do an extra 10x in business, not to bring on the massive team, not to um, scale their business forward, but to look at how can I maintain or um, scale down in order to retire. So the, the goals are a little different, which is why I focus so much on the, the 18 to 40 year old range um, because they've got enough spirit left, I guess per se, that their goals are to, to really bring that business forward. So, yeah. So that's good. So what was your first business? Ooh, um, first business. First one. First business, was, how old were you okay. and was it successful? <laughs> so if we were to talk about that, it would be 18 um, and it was a rum cake business. Okay. And so, and I would say, I mean, it's doubled every single year. We did 2,000 cakes between end of November to December this past season. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, like, not not too bad numbers no, for that. No, um, that's a lot of cake. So, but I mean, if I had to say, like, the first first business I ever created like on like legally it would probably be a series of lemonade stands okay i mean it wasn't just one i had like three or four around and i had all the kids like mm -hmm. running them for me i was at that age to where like if i was running it people were like we're not giving that kid money <laughs> <laughs> like he's too old like it's good so i got all like the super young kids and i was like hey y'all go work it i'll pay you and they were like i made five dollars and i'm like raking in like eighty dollars per stand and got three or four of those going and people were like oh okay cool <laughs> come up with like a wad of cash and my parents were like the heck <laughs> so yeah that's pretty funny you're too yeah. old to uh yeah understand nobody's buying lemonade from a 14 year old yeah right <laughs> so yeah but i mean it was also really kind of funny like with the rum cake business when i was 18 i mean i couldn't go buy liquor mm -hmm. um so my parents had to go in and buy the liquor for me and we're like and then i'd bake the cakes and sell them i didn't know until yesterday that rum cake was a thing oh yeah never heard of it before i sure as hell hadn't heard of a vodka cake yeah well i mean have you the restaurant whiskey cake Yes. Yeah. So a lot of people are like familiar with that. A lot of people are familiar with like the Tortuga rum cakes. A mm -hmm. lot of people are familiar with the fruit cakes that their grandparents used to make them. And they have this really kind of like sour taste in their mouth about those cakes in general. Um, so my company just kind of comes in and kind of flips that switch a little bit mm -hmm. and makes it more of a complimentary flavor from alcohol to cake. Um, Interesting. Instead of just being super overpowering. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah. Six years, I never had a single person say they didn't like the cake. That's good. You're so, one? Yeah. I have not, but yeah. I'll have to get one now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Heck yeah. So what's your end goal? What's your what's your napkin moonshot idea? Yeah. I don't it's so this is this is really kinda of funny. There's a book called Burn Your Goals. Mm-hmm. And it really focuses on your daily process and mm -hmm. systems and not being super focused on like the end result, the end goal. Like, and I kind of tell people this and it kind of like, some people take it really well. Some people are like, well, no, like mm -hmm. I don't know if I have an end goal in the sense of, I never want to reach any of my goals. Well, because yeah, because they made them too short. Exactly. I made them too short. Um, or I didn't, yeah, I didn't, you didn't try hard enough. So when it comes to that, I want to create a impact upon this planet that liberates the greatness within every single person that it come, comes in contact with. It's a pretty um, big goal. I've, I've got goals for nonprofits. <laughs> I've got goals for um, helping youth that want to open up a, a small business and need the mentorship and the funding for it. Mm -hmm. um, my coaching business, I plan on scaling to multiple seven figures over the next several years. Um, conferences, like think, don't think Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, that kind of stuff. Think the impact that they're creating just a little different. 
Okay. So in my own today's today kind of way. So excellent. Know. I almost feel like with goals, if you're really in flow mm-hmm. and everything is moving mm-hmm. a certain way. You can't really predict numbers. No, you like can't. But I think I look at it like this: You have some people, however unhealthy they are mentally, that like running. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me, okay? <laughs> you know, and they just they enjoy it. They yeah. get that adrenaline rush. They they enjoy the process of running. When I'm running, I, I when I started running a long time ago, I ran because I hated it. Yeah. So for me, it was a mental exercise, and I never ran more than a hundred feet at a time. Now I didn't stop running, but I was running from okay. I got to get to that stop sign. <laughs> I got to get to that driveway. Yeah. I got to get to that next stop sign. And so those were my goals, right? Yeah. And I made them small and short and easily attainable yeah. because I didn't want to be doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas the person that's running for the for the love of running, however fucked up they are, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, <laughs> just runs. Yeah. And they run until they're done running. You know, like the Forrest Gump, right? You know? <laughs> run, Forrest, run. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, he had no goal. He was yeah. just out running. running. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I think that business and life can be very much the same way is that, I mean, I think goals are important. I mean, I think at some point you kind of have to know at least a general idea of where you're headed. Yeah. But in the meantime, There's a, you just got to work your butt off. Yeah. There's a point of knowing what kind of lifestyle and impact that you want to create. It's having that end goal in mind, mm-hmm. but then being flexible on how you get there. And sure. taking that, I mean, like you so were that's saying, the it's lifestyle like, you want to live and the impact you want to have on others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Knowing what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost even kind of going down to like, what's your purpose? Like, if you understand that, like, so for me, I exist to serve to liberate greatness within every man, woman, and child I come in contact with. I can technically do that as a barista. I can do that as a real estate agent. Sure. I can do it really well as a business coach. Sure. So I like that. within that, I have this goal to liberate greatness, but I can be flexible on how I get there. But then when I couple that with that liberating greatness, what is greatness? I think it's, as far as the definition goes, I think it's something more that you experience and you feel and you see within somebody's life. The joy that they create within what they do on a regular basis. That makes sense. Nah, Cole says this all the time. He goes, you know, there's people a lot more wealthy than I am. They got a lot more yeah. money than I am, but there's very few happier than yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot to that. You know, but I think greatness also, that liberating greatness is being able to see the light in someone mm-hmm. when they realize that they've done something that they either thought they couldn't do yeah. or wouldn't be able to do. Or they wouldn't make it to right, you know, and that's why you know we had a long conversation previously about, you know, I'm in real estate specifically for one reason: it's to make a grotesque, obscene amount of money legally and ethically. Yeah, and I'm I'm honest about it. Now I run a team because I love growing people. Yeah, right. I would make more money without a team because my team costs me money. Yeah, I mean it straight up does, but I'm not going to stop doing it because I enjoy my team; they're my family. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's also why I'm very closed in how we grow our team is because it's family. You don't just bring everybody off the street corner. You know, if I was going to be a big box and I won't throw out names, you know, brokerage, and I just wanted 500 heads that are all going to pay me $200 a month. Cool. I wouldn't have to sell real estate. I could just live off of them not making anything. Yeah. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but that's, that's not my goal. You know, it's that greatness, you know, and it's, it's watching Jack grow. I mean, I've known Jack, um, 
since he was 12. 12, right? I ask you that every time. Yep. 12. <laughs> you know, That's uh, when I went to my first business conference. It's 12. There you go. We'll come back to that. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is, you know, Jack and Justin and Efren and, you know, Alexandra, I mean, you know, all these, all these people in our team that are growing and, you know, some of them are growing in a meteoric fashion. Some of them are growing incrementally, yeah. but they're all growing. And yeah. people in our office, because of the culture that we have, those individuals who are not going to grow do not stay. They just, they weed themselves out. You know, I was in uh, retail management for a long time. And uh, when I left the company, they gave me a plaque with a hatchet on it because mm -hmm. that was what I did. I went in, took over a store, cleaned house, remodeled it, put it all back together, got it profitable, and then went on to the next store because I got bored. Yeah, Never fired a single person. They left. You know, because when you come in and you set these goals and you mm -hmm. set the new standard yeah. and, you, you know, they're like, hey, I was getting paid that to do this. Now I'm still getting paid that and you want me to do that? You know, or, you know, when you bring in this, the rising tide lifts all boats, except for the five that drown, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that one had a hole in it. You live it hard. <laughs> you know. But, uh, but anyway, so, you know, that's the grow or die kind of mentality. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what I tell our agents all the time. Yeah. You know, there, there is no sitting still, ever. No. Well, if yeah. you're sitting still, you're dying. Yeah. I mean, in, in all reality, our bodies are continuously creating new cells. If they were to just sit still, our entire body would die. It's the same thing in life. If we are not continuously growing, or whatever we're working on is not growing, it's inevitably just dying. Sure. Well, I know businesses sure as hell are. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> Left and right. I mean, it, this pandemic really showed the businesses <clears throat> that were going to go create an impact and continuously were growing and the ones that stopped growing. You know, can I give you an example? Of yeah. What, yeah. What just happened? Yeah. We were just in the car and I had a guy call me. Mm -hmm. He said that uh, he had a lender that's been charging him for a whole year and charging both the original loan origination and the extension fee at closing. So there's a 5% loan origination fee. Good Lord. And I was like, well, what happens if you're in it for three or yeah. four months? Yeah. That's it's like, they're charging me ahead of time. Even if I don't need the extension, I'm getting charged. So on a, this was a $450,000 house he was looking at getting. And my 5%. Dude, that's a, that's a lot of money. That's twenty dollars $23,000. He heard me just say, yep. I said, I said, well, let me put it this way. You know, if you do not need that, you're getting charged anyway. Yeah. And he goes, James, what do you, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. I was like, well, so let's just first off say we're going to, we're going to knock this into six months. Mm -hmm. And if you need it, we'll go there. Mm -hmm. Let's, we'll address that if yeah. you need it, but let's not. Let's not charge you yeah. for something you might not ever need. And it costs not, I don't know, it's not like a cup of coffee here. We're talking no, $12,000, yeah. $13,000. Well, that's basically like an early payoff penalty. I mean, they're saying, hey, we want a guaranteed rate of return. So if you don't need it that long, you know, pound sand. <laughs> but think about yeah. it from a second there where I present that to him in a way that he never saw it. Sure. Now, you can't, he can't even use them anymore. Yeah. The thought of... Yep. Well, yep. So me you know being me that? being me, you know what my immediate thought was when you said that? You need to get the name of who he was using and then call everyone that's doing business with him. 
Yeah, <laughs> almost. I mean, you can pick up 50 new borrowers. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, in going back down to, like, the topic of what we're talking about, that's mm-hmm. the perk of having a mentor or having a coach that can sit there and say, hey, this isn't the greatest thing that's out there. Like, you've been driving, like, this lemon car. Let me show you this Ferrari that I could throw you in, and you can get there faster. Well, but it's not going to cost you. Any, it's going to save you money. But right? in the long run, <laughs> also. <laughs> like, hold on. Like, obviously, I want to go find out. <laughs> but in that same vein, yeah. if that lender had a good coach and mentor Correct. that said, you're tripping over dollars to pick up dimes. Correct. Yeah, you made a bunch of money on these 12 mm-hmm. people, but those 12 people don't really want to do business with yeah. you anymore. And now they're going to tell 200 yep. people. And you're out of business, yep. you know. And think people anything, think it's so short-sighted. I think anything you do in business, where you operate like that, it's kind of like a ticking time bomb. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it is. I mean, it's yeah. just, you might get away with it for a little while, but mm-hmm. think about creating a business mm-hmm. that, over time, when they find out the truth, mm-hmm. it's over. Yeah, it's like you just. I mean, it's like crazy. Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. <laughs> Who's that? The televangelists, remember the ones? You got, she wore all the heavy makeup back in the oh, yeah, yeah. late yeah. 80s, early yeah. 90s. You know, they had all this big stuff from building yeah. theme parks and all that stuff. And turns <laughs> out that they were completely insolvent, you know, and living this big lifestyle. And just the truth always comes out. Yeah. Right? The truth in marriage, the truth in business relationships, personal relationships. You know, yeah. you cannot hide the true fabric of who you are. Correct. I think a lot of it just comes down to thinking long term. Yeah. Because right? if you truly are going to, you know you're going to be around, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm going to be around, I'm 34, I'm going to be around until I'm yeah. 60, 70, or 80. Mm-hmm. And if I know that, I truly believe that, yeah. everything I'm doing is to be a little better off three mm-hmm. years, five years, ten years. But if mm-hmm. I, I would say if I didn't know that I'd be around, you might do something like that. You know but, what I'm saying by that? Yeah. Your decision-making would be a little different. It's a little short From the time horizon. Sure. But I think it's one of the things that, I think this is something that's not talked about enough, is how many people are just doing what they ta- were taught. Like this lender, like what if that's just exactly what he was taught and he didn't know any different? Right? No, and now, and, right. No, no, and, and there's a point of like, okay, but seriously, like you should know like that's not the greatest thing to do for people. <laughs> um, like, come on, where's some common sense? But common sense isn't so common. Yeah. No, and common so, sense is, is, a, is so a backward weird. statement yeah. these days because the majority of the world <laughs> is dumb. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not supposed no, to it's, say it's, that, okay. but I mean. If somebody's listening to this podcast, they're probably on the other side of that like statement. Yeah, and I understand, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> So, but yeah. well, let me put it this way: to go back to a word that we used previously, mm-hmm. the majority of the world has become very sedentary, mm-hmm. mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally. They're just become comfortable. They're just still, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and when you become still mm-hmm. emotionally, mm-hmm. right, you're not feeding into or off of anyone. You know, physically, mentally, you're not feeding into or off of anyone, right? You're not reading. You're not studying. You're not training. You know, I mean, the whole world. You know, I'm big on. Um, allegorical like euphemisms and stuff and you were talking about you know the thinking long term right so i'm going to move into a house that i think i'll only be in for a couple of years and i want a tree in the front yard right so i'm going to go plant it in a 10 gallon bucket because i'm not staying i'm going to take my tree with me or but if i'm going to stunt the growth of that tree because it can't get a good root system but if i know i'm never leaving that house i'm gonna plant it in the front yard it'll become a majestic huge oak right but because I didn't, I was so short-sighted. You know, the thing is, is 
you've got to feed in early. You've got to feed in often, and you have to feed in massively. Yeah, you know, and that's you talked a minute ago to go back to this about there is it's not an accident that you're 24 years old and successful in business, running multiple businesses, and that you went to your first business conference at 12. Yeah, that's not a freaking accident. Yeah, no. right. It's it's what was fed into you. It's what you know you were around. I'm sure it was an influence from your dad and you know other people in your family in your life. You know, but it's not an accident. Now, there are people that come from really bad backgrounds that do great, you know, but more often than not, you know, the people that are doing well had somebody that fed into them. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that the case for you or? So this is, this is the funny part about it because it's the case, but it's not the case. And me and my dad had a really interesting relationship because he did not want me to go into entrepreneurship. He did not want me to go run. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that don't want their kids to do that. Yeah. Well, and my dad was a, he worked for chemical companies as an accountant for years. Only later Mm -hmm. in life did he go into entrepreneurship. He was always a little bit more entrepreneurial minded, Mm -hmm. um, but he worked a typical nine to five job, got his paycheck, got his bonuses, moved up in the company, had his degree. And then he started his business. And for him, that's how I was supposed to do it. I was supposed to go to school, get a good degree, get a good job, work for several years, and then start a business or go to school for entrepreneurship, find some friends, maybe start a business, get a job, get some experience, and then move on to it. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm totally doing the opposite. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> not going to school, although I completed the majority of a business associates before I graduated high school. Sure. And then was like, I don't, I don't want to go to college. I'm already doing six figures in business why do i need to go to school to learn how to run a business for somebody else because essentially it was what they were teaching yeah so i was like okay well i want to i want to do it a different way um so there was actually even growing up there was a lot of pushback for me doing my entrepreneurial um thing um from him in general so i kind of just stepped into it in the sense of like my first job that I quote unquote had is I managed a bakery, um, started out as volunteer hours, worked my way up into business, but I never felt like I had a boss. I almost felt like I had like a mentor where she was teaching me how to run that small business, sure. the numbers of it, how to do the baking for it. Cause it was a bakery. Um, and then I started managing it and then I was essentially, I mean, I made my own schedule. I dictated my own income, like the whole nine yards. Um, and so for me, it just turned into something of, I don't like working for other people. <laughs> I really don't <laughs> like somebody telling me when I have to be somewhere, if I don't want to be there. Um, I don't like being told that I can't go on vacation or I can't go travel or um, anything like that. So, and I think, I mean, James, you and I were talking about this earlier is I want to know that what I'm doing creates an impact. And a lot of my generation wants to know what they're doing is creating an impact. I agree with that, but I also adamantly agree. I told my kids probably when they were between ages of 12 and 15, Mm -hmm. I said, if you look around you right now, if you have a good work ethic, Mm -hmm and you bust your butt at work, I said, you will rule the world. Oh, yeah. Because those things are so lacking today. Oh, yeah. The drive, the initiative. I mean, and, and it's not that, it's not being materialistic, you know? It's not like, ooh, I want all mine and some of yours. It's, I want to not suck. And before, and after, other than not sucking, I'd actually like to be great at something. Yeah. You know? You know, I, we, I say this a thousand times, you get one trip on this merry-go-round. Yeah. Right? So what are you going to do with it? You know, there's, you don't get to get off and go on a second ride. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I almost want to kind of go back to one of the statements you made earlier, how a lot of people in this world are stagnant. 
right? Mm-hmm. And how they're not taking in or they're not feeding off of other people and they're not producing for other people. And I almost kind of challenge that statement a little bit <clears throat> in the sense of I believe that people are feeding from people. They're just not aware of it, and the energy that they're feeding off of is a negative energy. So it's like when people go on social media, right? They're feeding off of what everybody else is creating and posting to social media. And subconsciously, they're feeding off of, man, I wish I had this. I wish I could do that. And it's creating this lack, this scarcity mindset within them, Mm -hmm. which is why it's so easy for them to stay stagnant in that complacency of where they're currently at. Or resentment. Or resentment, absolutely. That's a negative emotion. So (laughs) Very much so. Jealousy, so, resentment. Yeah, but it's it's easy to um, to feed off of that unknowingly, and it's harder to break it. Well, okay. In, do you know what that is? It's that next episode button. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when you're on it's Netflix, gratification. You know, it's just and it just it just oh, you're still here, so we'll just roll you into another hour of whatever. Yeah. You know, and people are living in a next episode button mentality. Yeah. You know, it's just. Whatever comes is going to come, yeah. and I'll deal with it when it gets here. Yeah. You know, rather than than determining, yeah. you know, those things. Yeah. You know, in social media, I talked uh, several several episodes back that I was reading a uh, that whistleblower that came out about Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Did you read any of that? I read some of it. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was fascinating because she said they know for a fact, like internally, they know that their response returns. The algorithm self-feeds, and it gives more of what people respond to, yes. and they dramatically respond more to negative than they do to positive. Yeah. It's kind of like Yelp. Yeah. Nobody leaves a good review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> you know, but, but then, so they, they not intentionally feeding you bad stuff, uh, yeah. but because the algorithm wants to show you more of what you what, respond to, yeah. and you only respond to the negative, yeah. it's feeding you well, more negative. And it's funny, too, because there's actually a statistic that, I want to share here in a second, but it's people are become so focused on the, the consumption side of it that they forget that they can create on it. Sure. And I think for entrepreneurs that are going to go create that impact, they've switched that intake of when they go to social media to where they're creating more than they're just consuming, which is why you see people drastically change their reality because they're so focused on creating something new and getting out of that complacency. Um, but the statistic that I want to go back to is our negative thoughts are a three X multiplier. When we have a positive thought, it's, it's great. But if I have a negative thought, it's three times more likely to happen. If I speak a positive thought, it is five times more likely to happen. If I speak a negative word, it is 10 times more likely to happen. Interesting. So when we have negative thoughts and when we speak negatively, it multiplies on a higher level than positive. It's like for affirmations, right? When people are trying to, to work on their subconscious mind of becoming more abundant. An affirmation takes a thousand times for your subconscious mind in order to, to believe it. Sure. Versus a negative thought. You say it once and it's more than likely you're already going to be like, yeah, no, that's probably true. Well, yeah, but I, and I think a lot of that is, though, negative is easy, right? Oh, yeah. To, to, to not, I mean, if, if we use the negative, to not is easy to do is difficult right and it's the positive and the negative so if you're just receiving or accepting or just taking whatever's there it's probably going to be negative yeah because you got to earn the good stuff well it's also the known this is is the thing that like uh when i'm working with clients a lot of the time and they're in self-sabotage or survival mechanisms and the reason they stay there is because it's known it's comfortable 
I know exactly what's going to happen if I continuously do this, and I'm comfortable with that result. If I go create something different, it's unknown, and the thought of not knowing what's coming forward is 10 times scarier than just staying where I'm currently at. So in that same thought, there's four people sitting in this room right now. Yeah. Jack's the only one not talking. But all four of us have this story. Yeah. Every one of us. You had a path in front of you, James. Family business, the operating, you know, the what you're going to do. And then you're like, mm, I'm going to go do this. Well, I had, you know, I got a process tech degree. Mm-hmm. And I was at the final interview for Air Lakey, Valero. Mm-hmm. Yep. And my dad got that contract in Austin. Sure. At the exact same time. So I was there to decide, do I do, I got my operator's degree, two-year degree. Mm-hmm. At the very end, take this job as an operator or go somewhere I've never been in Austin and, mm-hmm. and leave all my, my girlfriend, all my friends behind. That's, you know, and that's really changed my life mm-hmm. by making that decision. Absolutely, you know, but you, you took the unknown. Oh, it was, everything you know, was unknown. Jack over <laughs> here is with his uh, many, many degrees and everything else, and you got a lot of crap from your family about not taking advantage of some of those opportunities. I mean, like like a lot of crap, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. those of y'all don't know, I think I've said this before, but Jack has a degree in biology, uh, he has an MBA, mm-hmm. And he's a registered nurse. That's awesome. <laughs> and he was like, awesome. real estate looks like fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's shiny. He's a, uh, <laughs> yeah. he is no, a billion so, yeah. dollar shoe company. That's right. That, uh, yeah. You know, and then I came home one day running my martial arts school for 14 years and told my wife, literally, I pulled up in the driveway from a trip and said, I'm selling the house, I'm selling the school, and I'm going to go sell real estate. You know, and she said, okay, you know what your responsibilities are, do what you got to do. Yeah. And I'm assuming you probably have a story like that. I mean, yeah. just where the whole world, everyone, all your influence, mentors, parents, everybody else told you this is the path. And you're like, I know that's the path, but I think I'm going to go over here through the forest. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And I mean, funny enough, like I really like the woods. So like, oh, well. that's a perfect analogy for me. <laughs> um, and then even going back down to this, the, the main topic of today for like having a mentor and having a coach. Mm-hmm. Having a mentor and having a coach helps turn that unknown into a known. Sure. I was extremely blessed to have the mentors that I have had and the coaches that I have had and paid for that have helped me uncover that unknown in a way that became productive and didn't wasn't as scary. And then I learned how to do that for myself, and then I learned how to do that for other people. Well, and so in that same vein, and that's why the, having, you know, your five people, right? Yeah. You know, Um is so important because the people that are feeding into you are going to feed into you based on what they know. Yeah. And if they are fearful of unknown and you want to do something that is unknown to them, they're going to give you advice against that. Yeah. You know, because, and it's not that they're being negative or that they're not trying to feed into you in a positive manner. They feel like they're protecting you because they don't understand that. Right. And so when you talk about the mentor making the unknown known, it's because you needed to go find somebody that had already been there in yeah. that area. Yeah. Maybe they don't know some other things or can't help you there, but in that arena, yeah. they said, yes, this is doable. Yeah, Let's go do it. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of having a coach versus just a mentor. Is like, And so I've had clients that have come from like, um, like traditional lending, right? I had a client who, she went to a conference and she asked all the big name people, I was like, hey, do you have a coach? 
And they were all like, yes, absolutely. And they were like, okay, is it an industry coach and mentor or is it somebody that's outside of it? And they're like, no, 100% outside of it. They know nothing about our industry. And it's because they took away the glass ceilings that people within the industry typically had. And that coach said, you want to create XYZ. My whole goal is to help you create that no matter what that looks like. The process and systems that like I teach and why it's so versatile is because they are proven to work in every single industry for every single individual because it's not taking that cookie cutter, oh, this is exactly what you do in order to go create it. We get to discover your secrets to your success that create that end result that you want to have. That makes sense. No, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll yeah. wrap up here in a second, but yeah. you know, if you had one... You know, because probably about 80% of the people that, mm -hmm. that listen to the podcast are in or trying to get into some type of entrepreneurial mm -hmm. position. Yeah. What would be your number one takeaway that you would say? I mean, for those people that are that are, that want to grow, that are kind of in that stagnant position, yeah. what's the one or two things that they can do immediately that will help to push them forward? So I think there, there's two things. Um, the first one, today's the day meaning you get to fill in the blank. Yesterday is already gone. There's no getting it back. Tomorrow is 100% uncertain. You can't sit there and just live in the, in the future. You have to ask yourself, what can you do right now this second? What action are you taking that's going to move you forward? I always call it directed action instead of the right action. Directed mm -hmm. action is I have my end goal in mind and I'm just gonna start taking actions and then that's going to lead me to the proper action that I need to be taking in order to create the results that I want. But if I never take that directed action, I'll never learn that correct action. Okay. Secondly is go invest in a coach because they will hold you accountable to what you say you want to create. They're going to help you step into your integrity to actually doing what you want to do. Because it's easy to have your friends and say, oh, I want to go create this. And then when you don't, guess what they do? Oh, it's okay, buddy. That's all right. Well, that's one of the you go reasons. You invest in a coach, and it's like uh, that's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't share their goals. Yeah, they don't want to be held accountable. No, no, one hundred percent. You know, if I speak this into reality, someone's gonna ask me. Yeah. Thirty days from now, how's it going? Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love the look of like, oh crap! I haven't done anything this week for this. I didn't do my homework. I didn't do what I said I was gonna go do. And then it's just it's nice because like having a coach that does this really well, and I, I think that I do this really well. Even if you don't hold to your integrity, I get to help you get back in alignment with your integrity. Sure. You say you want to do something, and I don't beat you upside the head saying you idiot. It's like okay. What do we need to take away from this? What do we need to learn from this? And how do we need to move forward to still go create what we've said we wanted to create? And I think sometimes you run into people that realize that what they thought they wanted to do. It's definitely not what they wanted to they do. Just, they really just yeah. don't want to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? You can find something else or maybe it yeah. morphs into something else. But the reason why they never took the action is because they knew it was going to be hard and it mm -hmm. just wasn't that important to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? I had, I'm I, thinking of that like a nurse. And they get around blood. Yeah. <laughs> they get down to the very end, you know, they're like, wow. Yeah. This is, yeah. This, the idea sounded good, but this is I think of it long. like marriage. There's a lot of people that want a person, mm -hmm. but then realize after a relatively short period of time that they're not good at handling having a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the permanency of that yeah. relationship can be challenging for them. Yeah. 
Well, man, Colton, we really appreciate you having out yeah, today. Uh, having thank you so on. much. Everybody, uh, where can they find you on uh, social media or uh, you, you have a podcast as well? Yep. So I have two different podcasts. Um, the easiest way, and this is really kind of funny, you can Google my name. Just Google Colton Trout. All my podcasts pop up. All my social media pops up. Um, best way to get in contact with me is just going over to my Instagram. And okay. once again, you can just look up Colton Trout. I'll be the first one that pops up. Um, Perfect. Sending me a, a direct message. So, Because, I mean, like I said, I'm here to create greatness. So, um, excellent. Yeah. Awesome. James, any parting words? I'd just say one thing is we talked about doing something. Mm -hmm. And there's, you can do something for a while, but how long can you do it? Mm -hmm. I always think about that. It's like mm -hmm. there's no, the ability to do something over and over and over and over again with no care to the, to the results. That's sure. a special gift. And it's one of the gifts I have is I don't really need to see the results. Mm -hmm. I could just do something over and over and over and over again. Well, if you do things with integrity and for the right reasons, the happiness, the prosperity, the joy is a byproduct. Mm -hmm. You don't have to focus on that stuff because if you're doing it with integrity and you're truly honest and caring about what you do, you will always enjoy the result. Yeah. I'd say a lot, see, a lot of people need to see a specific result in a specific time. Yeah. And if they don't see that, yeah. it doesn't work. Sorry. Yeah. this is Well, that's what they've been taught. Well, yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> but can you do something and almost keep your faith, keep your hope long enough to let that pay off? Mm -hmm. I think that right there is a very hard person to find. Yeah. You know Extremely hard. Yeah. yeah. There's a point because of... They from going from loss to loss to loss with no loss yep. of enthusiasm, yep. no loss of hope, just... Yeah. Whatever this takes, I'm getting there. It doesn't matter what results I get. Yeah. That mm -hmm. right there. I, the release of expectation. Yes. Exactly. Right there. So this That's fits, really good. This fits really into good. this, and then we'll shut down before Jack hits me. <laughs> but, you know, I was watching uh, a movie the other night, Moneyball, right? Oh, and yeah. I'm not into a lot of, and I don't mean this tacky by millennial, but I, all the... <laughs> All the, you know, fluffy, I'm okay, you're okay, everybody loves each other. Cause that's Bless your heart, that don't work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they had this big sign that they were holding up at this baseball game, and it said, uh, win or learn. Mm -hmm. Right, because, you know, in our age, it was like, you, you're either a winner or a loser. And they said, win or learn. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's interesting because, you know, when you see everything that you did that didn't go the way you thought it was going to as a defeat, mm -hmm. rather than a learning opportunity. I didn't lose, Yeah. right? I, I absolutely won. I just didn't win what I thought I was going to win. Yeah. You know, but I win. I won't do you that again. You going to win. Yeah, yeah. You know. The timing yeah. of the thing yeah. mm -hmm. is another thing. Absolutely. Yeah. When you release that expectation of an end result, you open up for the beauty of the lesson that you could learn ultimately. But if you have an expectation, it's going to go of two ways. It's going to go exactly as you expected, or it's going to go worse than you expected. And if it doesn't go exactly as you expected and it goes worse, then you're just really disappointed. You release you, that expectation. You catfished exactly. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but you release that expectation and then you just get to open up for like, wow, this gets to be absolutely amazing regardless of what happens. Well, Colton, I think uh, we could go on for another hour <laughs> and I'm sure we could do this again. We would love to have you back sometime. Yeah. And you, uh, yeah. everybody check us out. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button and uh, have a great week.